the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, August 29th, 2022. I am Seth Leibson. The phone number is 602-508-0960. That's 602-5080-960 in the alternate cadence if you choose to call in, if you want to contribute to the conversation or bring up a new one. Many of you know I'm a fan of C.S. Lewis's observation in the screw tape letters where he writes the use of fashions and thought is to distract men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in the least danger and fix our approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice we are trying to make common. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers wherever there's a flood and all crowding to that side of the boat, which has already nearly gone under close quote. He goes on to say what we produce is, I love this quote, nonsense in the intellect, which reinforces corruption in the will, close quote. Take a walk with me on this. Novak Djokovic cannot enter the United States to play at the U.S. Open because he is not vaccinated against COVID. He is the former number one tennis player in the world, today ranked number six. The vaccine would only affect him and constitute irrelevance in spreading COVID to others. He is in spectacular physical shape, obviously, and 35 years old, and has had COVID before. Unlike Joe Biden or Anthony Fauci, whose age is a serious comorbidity, he has none. Unlike Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci, he is unvaccinated. They, Biden and Fauci, fully vaccinated and boosted, attracted covid and had to isolate to protect their well-being. So would, obviously, a non-athlete or someone with comorbidities. Unlike Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci, Djokovic never told anyone the vaccine would prevent someone from either getting COVID or getting sick with COVID. So we shall punish Djokovic. Last night, a singing artist named Lizzo was given the MTV Video Music Award for Video for Good. That's a category. Video for Good. They mean not forever. They mean for doing good. The song was called About Damn Time. The video of that song, the official video, opens with a 12-step support group for something I didn't know there were 12-step meetings for. But it's a meeting for the quote-unquote stressed and sexy. Several, if not most, of the people in the group are clearly overweight. I'd give you some lyrics from the song, but I can't really even state the very opening lines, not on radio anyway, or the F word that they entail later in the song. But I can tell you she sings that she needs a double shot of something in her cup, something to bring her up, something to bring her down. In her speech last night, upon receiving the award for spreading so much good, she said, quote, remember when you're voting for your favorite artists, vote to change some of these laws that are oppressing us, close quote. I'm not sure how she's oppressed. Other parts of her short speech I can also not repeat, just as I cannot repeat her lyrics. But she did conclude by saying, I'm winning. 
This is someone who has done a six feet apart public service video to promote social distancing during COVID. We've now learned the six feet of dis- distancing was an arbitrary number, unknown to science, and even the CDC has now abandoned it. We do know that obesity is the number one behavior modifiable risk factor in getting a serious reaction to COVID. In fact, we still know that 78% of COVID patients who required hospitalization or who died were in the obese category. As I say, this is a behavior modifiable condition. And nowhere are there any public health or prevention campaigns to instruct on this. We get warnings if cigarettes are to be smoked or alcohol to be consumed in movies or on home videos. We don't get warnings about obesity or food consumption. We have had public health campaigns even going so far as stigmatizing public health campaigns against things like smoking and drinking too much. Those prevention campaigns have in the past actually worked. And you do not see smoking very much anymore or at all on network television. But if you say anything about obesity, you will be contemned. Fat is a feminist issue was a wild bestseller of a book in the 1970s, tying the feminist movement to insouciance about weight. Just as a tad before that, the feminist movement taught us that the personal was political. And so we now care more about a person's feelings and appetites than we do their truly physical health. We've gone from toleration to endorsement and celebration of this condition. And you see it everywhere, from Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition to fashion magazines, models, and even lingerie advertisements. The federal government has tried to shut down Juul, a cigarette replacement system. But major cities have quote-unquote public health campaigns on where heroin addicts can get free needles and have safe spaces away from law enforcement or other forms of negativity. For we deem it better to give bank robbers 32s rather than 9 millimeters. I guess. Now, it is usually not a great idea to speak of lesser and more harmful dangers. What's better, for example, a hemorrhagic stroke or an ischemic stroke? Would you rather be hit by a train or a Mack truck? Would you rather fall out of a 20-story building window or a 15-story building window? But we do know things about obesity. And for some reason, we've gone from acknowledging it, sympathizing with it, to now, as I say, endorsing and celebrating it in a way we would never do with almost any other health risk while we go backwards and disorient when it comes to vaccines, social distancing, and even masks. Cigarettes are not healthy. Let us be clear and obvious beyond a doubt about that. But think of the campaign against them and the stigmatizing of their use by people who have addiction disorders recognized by the entire mental health community, including the diagnostics and statistics manual used by psychiatrists and psychologists. And we stigmatize it. Obesity ain't in there, but it is a coded disease. And we now just say, You're a hero, or despite it all, you're winning. Winning, perhaps, like Charlie Sheen. Look, the nonpartisan RAND Corporation undertook the study and found, quote, that obesity is linked to very high rates of chronic illness, higher than living in poverty, and much higher than smoking or drinking, close quote. 
The study went on to report, quote, obese individuals spend more on both services and medication than daily smokers and heavy drinkers. For example, obese individuals spend approximately 36 percent more than the general baseline population on health services, compared with the 21 percent increase for daily smokers and a 14 percent increase for heavy drinkers. Obese individuals spend 77% more on medication. Only aging has a greater health effect and only on expenditures for medications. By the way, to repeat, aging is not behavior modifiable. If those of us who are over the age of 40 or perhaps even 30 or 35 were the target audiences of MTV and, Liz- and Lizzo, I'd perhaps care a little bit less. But to borrow from encyclopedia.com, MTV's target audience is 12 to 34-year-olds, with a particular emphasis on teens and young adults. MTV, also television's number one destination for viewers aged 18 to 34, the prime demographic for their advertisers. So, to understand a role model of fitness and health and independent thinking who is actually challenging the man, as it were, actually is taking an unpopular stand against bad government policy, Novak Djokovic, someone children should look up to and maybe even role model, he's shamed and he's stigmatized and he's punished, can't even come into the United States, can't compete over a risk affecting only himself and a 90% less chance of dying from COVID than even being a victim of crime in Queens, New York, where the U.S. Open is played. If only we took crime as seriously as COVID in New York or anywhere else, we'd be a safer country. Right now, we're safe from Novak Djokovic. But then again, if we took obesity as seriously as smoking or heroin use as seriously as smoking or any of it as serious as using a jewel to help you keep from smoking, we'd be a healthier society, a much healthier society. But we won't and we cannot because health and science are not the issue here. I've pretty much exhausted the ability to find references to describe the times and disorientations and embranglements we are living in. But our society has become so many Tom and Daisy Buchanans, as F. Scott Fitzgerald rendered them in The Great Gatsby. Quote, careless people. They smashed up things and creatures and then retreated back into their money or their vast carelessness or whatever it was that kept them together and let other people clean up the mess they made. Close quote. Well, this November... We have a chance to clean up the political messes we've made and been subjected to. The cultural ones may be a great deal more difficult. They are probably even going to get worse. But until we do, there's no sugarcoating this. Good and young people, more and more of them, are going to die. Already, we have accomplished something unimaginable at any time in history. A successful and wealthy Western society, ours, has presided for five years now on a decreasing of life expectancy. Let me repeat that. Life expectancy is going down, not up in America. And so, too, is quality of life. And it ain't because people aren't wearing masks or getting vaccines. We watched the year 1984 actually 
1984, come and go without fear of George Orwell's prophecies. It's here now, but worse perhaps is Aldous Huxley's, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Neil Postman put it this way, contrary to common belief even among the educated, Huxley and Orwell did not prophesy the same thing. Orwell warns that we will be overcome by an externally imposed oppression. But in Huxley's, in Huxley's vision, no big brother is required to deprive people of their autonomy, maturity, and history. As he sought, people will come to love their oppression. What Orwell feared were those who would ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book, for there would be no one who wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passivity and egoism. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of feelings, orgies, and games with no rules. As Huxley remarked in Brave New World Revisited, the civil libertarians and rationalists who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny, quote, failed to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for distraction, close quote, our infinite appetite for distraction. We are very distracted here by the things that will harm us least, and we are coming to love our oppression. I'm Seth Liebson. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Love this company. Chris Funk has put together a tremendous team of great experts, but also great customer service. From the moment you call them to the end and completion of the work you ask them to do, you'll realize this is just a different, better company. I've been using them for years, so have my friends. If you have air conditioning or plumbing problems, give Cool Touch a call at 623 748 Four nine four two. That's six two three seven four eight four nine four two. Or visit them online at cooltouch.us. That's cooltouch.us. One of the things that uh, you're going to be hearing from uh, politicians, uh, elected officials running for re-election, and people running for election primarily in the Democratic Party, is how divided we are as a nation. They love to talk about division because they use that as a springboard to go after Republicans. We're the dividers, we're the rioters, we're the threats to democracy, and so forth. The polling bears this out. 74% of uh, those polled in the most recent um, uh, uh, in the most recent issues and insights poll, uh, is the number. 74% described the United States as divided. That's a high point, 74%. And you have to ask yourself, what's creating the fever here? What's creating the temperature? A lot of people will say, well, it's an ex-president. How is an ex-president causing this? 
the man has been out of office for two years plus. How is this the issue? How is he the issue? Because they make, keep making him and then project him onto us as the issue. But let me offer a few other perhaps notable possibilities or at least discussable or thought experiments as to the possibility as to what's dividing us. First and foremost, I can't get out of my head the fact that we have given countenance and permission to an alien political philosophy in this country, a philosophy that we have gone to war several times to fight. It's the philosophy of socialism. When I was a young adult, there was one socialist in the federal government, one, a lone member in the House of Representatives. He's now a senator. He is now a United States senator who has twice been the runner-up to be the nominee for the Democratic Party and who is today, by polling, looked to as the number one choice, if not Joe Biden, to run for president again on the Democratic Party by the Democrats, a self-declared socialist. Again, he was alone when I was a young adult as a member of the House of Representatives, thought of as an idiosyncratic crank back then. Today, pretty powerful. And there are now five members in the U.S. House of Representatives who are openly and happily and freely telling us they are socialists. But that's not all. Do people realize there are over 40 self-excuse me, over 40 self-identifying members of the socialist movement serving in state houses across the country and double that number in city management positions, you know, mayors, controllers, city council, that sort of thing? Do you realize that? That gets us almost almost to 200 socialists serving in elected positions in America today. Could that possibly also be leading to some of the division in America? Because one political party gives countenance to it. One political party gives permission and celebration and money to it. Indeed, when some of those socialists had primaries in their Democratic Party, which they caucus and affiliate with, the leadership of the Democratic Party didn't support their non-socialist opponents. They supported the socialists. There's a few other things on this I want to get off my chest about causing of the division in America, and we'll do that in just a few. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour gives us our culture and economy update. No one better to do that than John Dombrowski, who loyally does it with us every day here. John Dombrowski is the founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. And he has his own radio show here every Saturday morning, The Word on Wealth. You can hear it at 7 a.m. John, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Well, Mar- not for markets, investors. <laughs> markets showing a lot of red today. Yeah. But what's interesting, too, is kind of something that's going down in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. A mm-hmm. little bit of a left hand not making sure it knows what the far left hand is doing. Yeah. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell 
said the central bank has an unconditional responsibility to ease inflation and said he'll get the job done. But it looks like the Kansas City Fed is saying that um, the rate increases might might, in fact, make things a little worse. Well, and that's very possible because it's going to increase uh, the interest rate on debt. Yep which is certainly going to be a factor. You know, the, uh, one of the things real quick, just the national debt, if we look at the U.S. national debt right now, approaching $31 trillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a shortfall. I think the GDP is close to $25 trillion. So uh, obviously there's a shortfall on income versus uh, expense. Now, if you think about that, uh, income versus debt, I mean, uh, we have obviously some challenges. We can't run our own personal life like this, yet the government is spending money. Uh, Congress spent, I think it was $4.5 trillion on related COVID programs, and this was uh, back in 2020, uh, that they said those outlays resulted in a $3.1 trillion budget deficit in 2020, a $2.8 trillion shortfall in 2021, and $726 billion deficit through the first 10 months of this year. So we're obviously still going in the wrong direction. Uh, and so raising rates, the Fed, that's really the only weapon that the Fed has. Right. Raise rates, that's it. They right. can't do anything else. They right. could maybe... Pound their chest a little bit like uh, Fed Chair Powell did on Friday, which, of course, sent shivers throughout the stock market and Wall Street uh, down over a thousand points on Friday. And today, a little bit of that follow through. However, we did see a little glimmer of hope. The markets made a little bit of a recovery. They were green for a while today, but ultimately did close a little bit lower. Um, so there are some buyers out there realizing that if you're a long-term investor right now, Seth, there are some opportunities out there long-term. You want to be careful and measured in the way that you do invest, but there's certainly uh, some opportunity out there if you are a long-term investor. What are the kinds of opportunities you like and you're looking at? Well, again, depending on your age and no. depending on your needs. So if you have a, a person who has a little longer outlook, maybe a 10-year outlook right now, uh, there are some good opportunities, even though tech is the one that always gets beat up the most. Tech is usually the one that leads the market. Mm-hmm. And we want to be investing in companies that uh, have some track record. We don't want to be investing in startup companies right now or companies that are not running a profit. We want to be, um, you know, looking at uh, true uh, t- measured time um, companies that have performed well over many years and are showing a profit, I should say. If you're, a, if you're a person who's looking for income, we want to be looking at stocks that pay dividends. And there are many good, solid companies out there, companies that pay dividends. Uh, this way you can create some income in the portfolio. You're going to be less risk usually with companies such as that. A lot of the consumer staples companies, food companies, uh, energy companies, and so forth do pay dividends. So there are things that you can invest in. Again, we want to be looking at the companies and making sure that they are profitable uh, companies. Thanks, John. You know, you, you said something in passing that I think it's worth just taking a pause on when you said our debt is uh, over $30 trillion now. Mm-hmm. And boy, you know, you just take a moment, you just say that. I remember when the nation was going through huge debates in the Bush administration at $10 trillion. Right. You know, um, and, and, and Obama then, of course, jacks it up again. It, it's an incredible number to think about. And you got to think, if inflation is what's plaguing us right now, it, it, there may not be a lot more the Fed has in its toolbox, but the mm-hmm. Congress does. Yeah, Congress no, has yeah. a lot in its toolbox. Yeah, and again, the student debt issue. Yeah, uh, is, is six hundred billion, right? Something, or many have said as high as a trillion. I don't yeah. know if anyone really knows. So, again, is this going to pass or not? We don't know. If Congress is going to get involved and maybe vote on it, it may actually not, you know, pass. So, but who knows if anyone's going to have the 
wherewithal to do that. Thank you, John Dombrowski, as always. Check out our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, sir. God you bet, bless sir. you. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y Refi. What they're offering up is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really good people. They are investors who do well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that too. Check them out at Invest. YRefy.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or give them a call at 855 316 3087. That's YRefy at 855 316 3087. I was uh, speaking a little bit earlier about the record number of Americans, a record percentage of Americans, to be more accurate, who claim we are divided and now more divided than ever. And some of the reasons why that may be, and I don't think it's the easy and conventional thing to say because of a former president. That's not why we're divided. The former president is in the news because he's in the heads of people who find it useful to keep using him to create divisive headlines. But let me postulate that it's also, I think, much larger responsibility on other things. It's caused by a lot of other things. Donald Trump, the least of them. First of all, the idea that we weren't divided before he became president is also a non-starter and a non-sequitur. Of course we were. You saw how close the election was in 2016. That having been said, I blame a few other things. I'd love to know some of your thoughts on this. An alien political ideology that one of the major parties has imported into the United States and given sanction and credence to, which is to say socialism. Not just a postulate, not just a theory, not just a dirty word. You have candidates and elected officials throughout the country who identify as socialists. You have over 40 in the state legislatures across the country, five in the House, one in the Senate, the one in the Senate is deemed as the most uh, most desired candidate for the presidency and nominee of the Democratic Party should Joe Biden choose not to run. He is twice the runner-up in the previous two presidential campaigns. And then you have like 80 or 90 further so- more socialists in state and local governments, city councils, mayors, elected controllers, controllers. This has been normalized by the Democratic Party, and it's alien and oppositional to the United States of America's ethics, ethos, and economics. You have Afghanistan, where we were in a major war, obviously, and a long war for two decades. And the pullout still, the withdrawal still has reverberations. Amnesty International, not exactly a conservative organization, writes that in less than a year, the Taliban have decimated the rights of women and girls in Afghanistan. 
They have violated women's and girls' rights to education, work, and free movement, demolished the system of support for women's and girl for women and girls fleeing domestic violence, arbitrarily detained women and girls for infraction of the Taliban infractions of the Taliban's discriminatory rules. War-torn Afghanistan is probably in more miserable shape than it was in the last 19 years. Opening article from Fox News, decades of progress for Afghan women's rights rolled back in a matter of months. Widespread hunger and malnutrition exacerbated by the Taliban government. A draconian crackdown on any public expression that doesn't conform with a hardline interpretation of Islam. Violent attacks that have rocked the capital of Kabul. Plus, plus dead Americans. Dead American soldiers. We didn't even have that when we fled Saigon. Is anyone paying attention right now? Never mind. I mean, leaving Afghanistan aside for the moment. Is anyone paying any attention to what's going on in Iraq? Iraq is being convulsed by terrorism right now, especially as a result of what they're saying. Muqtada al-Sadr used to be known as the boy cleric withdrawing from politics. How about Iran? Is anyone spending enough time understanding what the Biden administration is doing with Iran? Do they know that it is going to give the leading state terrorist sponsor in the world a hundred billion dollars with the Biden administration plan? One hundred billion dollars. Are we over covid and the divisions that has created? Evidently not when it comes to the CDC and the U.S. Open. We're not over COVID when it comes to allowing people to come here for legal purposes. And we ignore the thousands and thousands of thousands of people who are flowing in through our border, untested, unvaccinated. But if you're the number six U.S. tennis, excuse me, the number six world ranked tennis player, you can't come into the United States if you're not vaccinated, even though you're only 35, even though you've already had COVID. You can laugh at this if you want, right? I mean, or cry. You can laugh or cry. How about the fact that we have a president of the United States who said about his opponent in the final public debate between the two of them that with 220,000 deaths on Donald Trump's watch, he was unqualified to be president. That's what Joe Biden said. That was in, obviously, the first year of COVID, back when it was a novel Virus with no vaccination, with no vaccine. Well, not novel anymore. Not novel since Joe Biden became president. Joe Biden became president with a vaccine. He was vaccinated when he swore his oath to become president. And 600,000 people have died on his watch. 600,000 people. When he said 220 made you ineligible, he presided over 600 as thousand as long as we're using that number 600 how about the wealth transfer of 600 billion dollars that was done in a signing ceremony with a pen 600 billion dollars of wealth transfer to bail out people who went to college and can't get on with their lives due to debt of ten thousand dollars or less think about that for a moment please just think about that for a moment College-educated people are stymied in their life, 
are stymied from family formation, from getting ahead in life, from buying a house, from transportation, according to Elizabeth Warren, all those things because of the $10,000 debt that they have. So we are to bail them out. We who didn't go to college or we who did and paid off our debts or we who did and still are paying off our debts are bailing out those, not blaming the students, the graduates or the colleges for something that can't earn them enough money to pay off $10,000 worth of debt over time, which gets less and less every year. Meanwhile, you have a president of the United States and his chairman of the Democratic National Committee calling half of Americans fascists or semi-fascists when they aren't calling parents domestic terrorists. Meanwhile, just fine that children are having their sexes altered without parental consent. But, of course, it's the former president who's causing the division in this country. Nice work if you can get it. My plea, don't let them get away with it. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, best product I've ever taken. It's a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables and one daily dose of Balance of Nature, 100% natural, no added anything, no added preservatives, no added sugars, no added anything. Pure, potent plant power to boost your health, your immunity, and your energy. I take it every single day. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Uh, John Hinderocker was uh, great to reprise something. Do you remember Davy Crockett, David Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier? Boys used to want to kind of be him. Boys used to kind of dress up as him. Uh, they 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 knew him, you know, because of uh, his cowboy. They knew him because of his war and cowboy attitude and actions. Few knew him as a member of the House of Representatives. He gave a speech that's making the rounds again, and it's a beautiful speech. And it's a speech he gave in 1837 when the House of Representatives was preparing to pass a bill to give $20,000 to the widow of a naval hero. Fair enough. Mr. Crockett, House Member Crockett, spoke up. Quote, I have as much respect for the memory of the deceased and as much sympathy for the suffering of the living, if suffering there be, as any man in this house. But we must not permit our respect for the dead or our sympathy for a part of the living to lead us into an act of injustice to the balance of the living. I will not go into an argument to prove that Congress has no power to appropriate this money as an act of charity. Every member upon this floor knows it. We have the right as individuals, however, to give away as much of our own money as we please in charity. But as members of Congress, we have no right to appropriate a dollar of the public money. Mr. Speaker, I have said we have the right to give as much money of our own as we please. I am the poorest man on this floor. I cannot vote for this bill, but I will give one week's pay to the object, and if every member of Congress will do the same, it will amount to more than the bill even asks for. No one took him up on his offer to donate a week's pay, but he did succeed in getting the bill voted down. Crockett explained how his position was inspired by an eloquent farmer in his Tennessee district who convinced him that he'd previously violated the Constitution by voting to give away money that was not yours to give. 
that's the kind of congressman we used to have. Let's do everything we can, everything we can, to put more Davy Crockett's back in office to tame the wild frontier that has become Washington, D.C. The great Blake Masters joining us right after the top of the hour news break. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 